we said. The Press Box. Oh my gosh, can you believe it? The Braves won the World Series. Mike Grace for my buddies on The Press Box, welcoming you to The Press Box Podcast. A slice of what you hear each and every weekday on great radio stations around the state of Alabama. Want to find out which ones? Well, you can do so online, pressboxradio.com. Our official website includes an affiliates page. Uh, you can find the station nearest you there. Also on the episodes page, you can hear the show on demand or simply press the listen button to hear the press box anytime, 24-7. Easiest way to do it all is now to download the press box app. It's brand new and available for you in both the Apple and the Google Play stores. Just simply search the press box, download it to your smartphone, and you got us wherever you go, wherever you go, whenever you need us. It is the press box podcast, part of the press box radio show and yes i mentioned the braves did win a world series game six in houston and they did it in a big big way we had a chance to talk to eric cole he is the deputy manager of talkingchop.com and a regular contributor to the talking chop podcast and we talked to him on a glorious day in braves country first question for you have you slept at all you guys just just within the last hour or so released a brand new world championship edition podcast so have you has your head hit the pillow at all uh, I got a couple hours. We were recording. I think we were recording by 1230 last night. And yep. The podcast was well over an hour and I have children, so I had to get them to school. <laughs> I'll let you do the math on yeah. how yeah. likely it was that I got much sleep at all. Been but, there, done that, uh, yeah. you know, you know, so just to say I'm a little bit tired is a bit of an understatement, but you know, it's for the best possible reason. It is worth it. I, I was going to say, I mean, this is a team that we've talked about it. Eric, you've been with us several times, kind enough to join us throughout this postseason run, especially a team that, as I mentioned, went through a 15-game stretch midseason where they won one, lost one, won one, lost one, couldn't put any kind of streak together at all, didn't top 500 until August 6th, but lo and behold, here we are, and they are the world champions, my friend. Yeah, it's even more severe than that. This team was below 500 in August. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, this and the, the and like you know we can like talk about like you know what we thought their playoff odds were if you were just looking at the projection models just like and these are like models that are generally like they're they're based on a lot of really useful information their playoff lo- odds were below ten percent. Fangraphs had their World Series winning odds at zero point four percent. Yeah, and here we are, and you know it's taken a lot to get here, but it's been a, quite a ride. I'd be curious to know, Eric, on August 1st, if, if you had gone to Vegas or yeah, Vegas, what is this, 10 years ago, or, or like Biloxi or someplace, and you'd put $100 on the Braves to win the World Series on August 1st, hmm. how much would you have raked in last night? I, I would be curious to see what that is. Eric, who's the first person that you thought about within the organization, be it player or, or otherwise, when, uh, when Freddie caught that ball at first and it was final? Uh, my first thought was to Hank. Um, it really sucks that, you know, he passed away and yeah. didn't get a chance to see this. Yeah. Um, you think about Bobby and, you know, how he's not doing well. Yeah. Uh, and I'm one of the, my first thoughts kind of amongst players uh, were the guys that got hurt and didn't get a chance to experience that. I'm thinking about Mark, Ronald Cooney Jr., who is such a huge part of this team. Yeah. I'm thinking about Mike Soroka, who, like, has an Achilles injury. He thinks he's going to come back. And, you know, just walking into the clubhouse, he blows out his Achilles again. Those are guys that not only I wish were there, but they were going to be big parts of this team. And when you think about those guys and, you know, and I mean, look, you don't have to look hard on the highlights to find Ronald Cudio Jr. anyway in this game because <laughs> he was right, climbing yeah. out in the field. Yeah. He, he was, 
he was rooting on this team. He was a big part of, you know, just keeping the energy levels high. And, you know, but when I, I, the first thing that I kind of think about are kind of the, the folks that didn't get a chance to, you know, experience it the way they wanted to. Yeah. A legitimate question. I, I think, again, we talked about Brian Snitker, a guy who is a career man with this Braves organization. And you mentioned, Hank, it was Henry Aaron that gave Brian Snitker his first job in, in the Braves organization. And 40-plus years for him to finally get that trophy, be able to raise it in the locker room and, and on the field last night was fantastic. And we mentioned, again, as great a career as Juan, Ron Washington has had, including taking the Rangers to the series a couple of times, he'd never won a title until last night. How cool is that? It's definitely awesome. I mean, Ron, he's never seen a runner that he's not willing to give a green light to, but yeah. I love that guy to death. And he's, you know, to see him get a title. And for Snit, I mean, I think that in a lot of ways, the national media undersells Snit. You know, like the, 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 the headline story from Sports Illustrated was, you know, he's anti-analytics, he's old school. And I just think that that like, under, like undersells him by how much he's learned and grown as a manager just in these last few years. You know, he's, like no no exaggeration other than obviously that you will not find a better clubhouse manager than Brian Snitker because all those guys will run through a wall for him. But look at the last two postseasons. Mm-hmm. He's outmanaged the other dugout every series, including this one. And that you don't do that just from being old school. He he incorporates what he knows and where his gut tells him, and he's incorporating information, getting better and better and better. You can't tell me that these lineups, you can't tell me that these bullpen decisions that were made in the postseasons weren't driven by data and things yeah. like that. Yeah. He's listening. He understands what the value of those things, and like that's a testament to him. He's 40 years into the game, and he's still learning, and that's a big deal. It's also okay if, if with 40-plus years of experience – he uses his gut sometimes. I mean, it's the, the information doesn't always have to just be on on paper. And I think he, you know, he gets credit for combining the two. Absolutely. And he's also privy to information that like we can't find on baseball reference, right? Yeah. You right, know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. like, you know, how, how guys are feeling, you know, like if a guy's in a good headspace, you know, did he have a head cold? Uh, yeah. you know, things like that, like kind of general attitudinal stuff that he's aware of. That I mean that's and that's all very important information. It's just not stuff we're gonna be privy to. Eric Cole is joining us here on uh, on the press box, and uh, Eric Max Freed. After about the third inning, you can, I, Mike and I talked about it a little earlier. You kind of raise your eyebrow and go, "Oh, oh, he looks like he he looked when he was so dominant for for stretches this season." What was different? And by asking that, I mean what was more Max Freed like about his performance last night that we hadn't seen the last two? Well, the funny answer is that he got his ankle stepped on in the first inning. But, I imagine. Um, yeah, uh, I, th- that could have been a very different situation yeah. if, you know, like, you know, like Brantley, like, is stepping on a different part of his ankle or, you know, a lot of things could have happened. That was all kinds of bad. But uh, I will say it was just command of all of his pitches. I mean, like, look, we know he can throw hard. We know the, what the curveball looks like. We know what the changeup change can look like. But when he's not commanding it, and there seemed to be some um, – discussion on some parts of the internet that, you know, he was tipping his pitches in game one in the first start. Right. Uh, and it seems like, you know, he started pitching out of the stretch a whole bunch and more importantly, the stuff just, he was commanding all of it. And the, the Astros had nothing for him. When you have all three of your pitches working and like you're changing speeds on your fastball from 92 to 98, good luck. Cause that guy has really, really good stuff. And he was like, it was lefties. It was righties. Like there was no hard contact. I mean, even the first inning where he was in a little bit of trouble, it was an infield single. And then that weird 
play at first where, you know, there's nothing that really could have been done there. It's a really hard play for a lefty. Beyond that, they couldn't do anything against him. And this is the best offense in baseball. It so. didn't. It didn't hurt the way he started his day. He mentioned this in the post game press conference to, to media last night, and again with you guys recording. I'm not sure, Eric, whether you heard it or not. He started his day with a text message from from Freddie Freeman, who who sent him an early morning text message. Said, "Dude, I believe in you. You're the guy. You can do this. This is the right time. You're the right guy." And and Max said he used that to kind of generate his game day mojo and and mentality. And the guy's just a cool guy. He's very calm he's, he's not I mean, you know he's emotional under the under the skin but he does not show it and despite a rough start you know two on nobody out in the first inning getting stepped on like he did he somehow finds a way to battle back and and again looked like the the guy who put up two Maddoxes in the second half of the season yeah he's always been a bit of a battler and like you, you could tell he was fired up and he knew that he was going to put everything on the line he knew that there wasn't another start coming because when you get your ankle stepped on and then I think it was to Yuli. I couldn't remember for sure. It was like four straight fastballs, 98 plus miles an hour, you know, bottom of the zone, hit it, I dare you. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like that. And, you know, I think that might have hurt him a little bit maybe later on in the game when he was around the sixth inning. He was only throwing 91, 93. I think he was pretty gassed by then. But, you know, he, he he's always been a bit of a bulldog. He is a good, he's really good at, he'll have a bad inning sometimes. You know, maybe his curveball, he hangs them or he just can't commit his pitches. But the next thing, he comes right back, and whatever was working, he figures out how to make it, you know, get through a start. Steadiness of Will Smith throughout the postseason, that was a major, major factor for the Braves. Yeah, and uh, if you watch September starts, you probably would have bet very much money on that happening either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was amazing. He was amazing. He didn't give up a run this postseason. And it's not just Will Smith. The yeah. night shift's ready, guys. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. these guys these guys were amazing. Like, except for, like, one pitch in one inning and one inning again for Luke Jackson. Like that, those were both in the Dodgers series. Those four guys, Will Jackson, Will, Will Smith, Luke Jackson, Tyler Matzik, AJ Minter. You couldn't ask for a better bullpen performance period. I mean, like the, the bullpen's ERA in this, in this postseason was like two points something. I mean, and it was against the Dodgers and the Astros. I would have lost every dollar in my bank account betting on that. It's just there's two, there's two, these teams are too good to like be this consistent. But I mean, how safe did all of you feel when Matzik took the mound last night? I I was like, we're done, done, yeah, good. absolutely. Well, and here's the thing: you mentioned the September for Will Smith. Uh, there there was a time when you know, and again, the, if you if you were part of this radio show during September, you heard me. I mean, it was a leadoff walk and then a, and then a home run. I mean, it, it, it happened more than once for Will Smith. And then you mentioned this postseason, 11 postseason games, 11 scoreless innings, two wins, six saves. He finished all four Braves wins in the World Series. There was a conversation going on this week, and I don't know whether it's just, uh, just speculation, if there's any truth to it or not, but there was some speculation that the Braves – recognize that Will was tipping his pitches in September. You mentioned that in regard to, to Max last night. There was talk that the Braves caught this, realized it, and rather than just changing up, he would do the same tell but throw a different pitch. Hmm. So I mean, you, you guys talked about this on, on the Talking Chop podcast. Were, were you a part of that conversation, Eric? Yeah, uh, that, that, yeah that might have been my fault. Um, but I, I, I do think that it, there's something to it. Yeah. It, it was partic- particularly in the event that I was talking about was against Michael Brantley, a guy who 
looks good in every at bat. Oh, like yeah. if there was one one Astros hitter this series that was like consistently like producing and looking scary, it was Brantley. In that at bat, it was clear that Michael Brantley was convinced that what the pitch was coming was a slider outside of the zone, and he was just going to take ball four. And when that fastball came in on the outside corner, he looked like someone had lied to him, and he was going to go tell his <laughs> tell everyone, tell his parents that they were mean to him. It was the, it was it was hysterical to me, and it looked so out of character for Brantley. I think what happened is that. Like, again, I think that they know what the tells were and they kind of did some gamesmanship and I love it. I was going to say to me, if it's true, the best part is that you don't just stop doing the tell. You still do the tell. You just change up the pitches you're throwing. And it's just to me, that's just brilliant. And again, it's one of those things uh, Brad and I talked early in, in, in the hour about just the game of baseball, all the little nuances, all the little, you know, it's it's one on one. It's a team game. There's the, the the mental side of it, just a little head game that, to me, again, is just so cool if it happened. Because, again, from from a scary outing every time he, he, he took the ball in September to just being lights out in October and November, it was it was fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, like, and, again, when he was great, Matzik coming in, I mean, like, other than the, the great quote that, you know, made all of our lives a lot easier describing his bullpen, uh, I mean, he pitched 15 plus innings. He pitched in 14 of 16 postseason games. Mm-hmm. Struck out 24 batters. <laughs> that and that is a bad, bad man. Hit 100, hit 100 a couple times last night. Yeah, yeah, throwing it up yeah. there at 100. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. After after a long season trying to hit 100 at the bottom of the zone, uh, I mean, I would just I would have just turned around and walked out of the batter's box the first time I saw it. So. Eric, we talked about Freddie Freeman uh, without a contract now. I My first thought last night was that, okay, he's done it all in Atlanta. It's going to be, you know, California is going to call and somebody's going to offer him a boatload of money. He sat on set with the Fox crew last night in the postgame show and basically said, my heart's in Atlanta. This is where I want to be. Uh, I feel better about the Braves' chances now of securing Freddie Freeman for the future. Would you agree? I do. And I, I think that I felt better about that whole situation with Freddie signing back when the Braves gave a deal to Charlie Morton, because I don't think that the organization could sell giving Charlie Morton a $20 million a year deal and then not signing yeah. Freddie Freeman yeah. back. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. You know, like I, I think that that uh, now I, there are some considerations here and they're reasonable ones, like maybe for a longer term deal the Braves need to know what the new CBA is going to look like. Yeah. And yeah. I, I do think it's very likely that once free agency, once like free agency isn't going to basically start until the spring, all that's going to be frozen until everyone knows what the rules are, are going to be. Uh, and so it's not just going to be Freddie. I mean, all these arbitration guys, all these, you know, all like free agency just in general across baseball is going to be frozen until they get this figured out. Um, and that could be a lengthy wait, but I, I feel, I feel good about Freddie staying around. He knows the quality of the team that's around him. It's obviously a situation he's really happy with, um, you know, are, are there reasons to be concerned? Sure. He's hitting free agency and there are teams with a lot of money yeah. that would love to have a player of his caliber on their team. But I, I think that the Braves understand and look, first of all, they're completely flush with money now. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would not be shocked if they made over a hundred million dollars just during this playoff run. Yeah. So they have some money, you know, and you know, I think that the fan base would riot if they let Freddie go, you know, if they, you know, <laughs> I would, I would not be shocked if the, you know, during these, you know, negotiations that we're going to start seeing like the Braves are floating like big time numbers. 
you know, to the media, just so everyone knows yeah, yeah. that he is that they are offering him big time money to stay. Um, I, I look at the Paul Goldschmidt deal as kind of a starting point for where to go with Freddie. Uh, the age is about right. The production levels, are, you know, relatively close. Freddie's probably a little better. So, you know, that's kind of where I start that conversation and, you know, we'll kind of see where it goes, but I feel pretty good about it. So, uh, Eric, you guys put out a podcast last night uh, or recorded a podcast very late last night. For those who uh, maybe didn't hear it, they want to they want all the Braves talk that they can get after our show uh, is finished this morning or today, uh, whenever you may be listening to our show. Give us an idea of the, the content. What sort of things did you guys talk about and, and what do you have coming up for the remainder of the week? So uh, if you want to subscribe to the Talking Shop podcast, it's really easy. All you have to do is just go on iTunes, Spotify, whatever your preferred podcast purveyor is. Just search Talking Chop. You get the main, the flagship podcast, our minor league podcast, which is hosted by yours truly, uh, as well as the Daily Hammer, which is kind of a shorter form daily show. Uh, th- the show last night was, you know, usually what we've been doing after each postseason game is kind of breaking down each decision and each game. That did not happen last <laughs> night. We were just uh, talking about the big moments, talking about a lot of big picture things with the you know, the world series kind of what that meant, how crazy it was that they got there in the first place. I mean, like I cannot stress enough how wild it is that this version of the Braves of all the, like the last four versions we've had, this is the one that makes it to the world series. Uh, And, you know, we, we talked a lot about that and just kind of, you know, kind of breaking down kind of our general feelings about it. We went well over an hour. Generally the flagship shows close to an hour. Uh, The minor league shows were on 50 minutes. And then the the daily hammer is about a 15 minute show we do pretty much every day. Now, as for where the rest of the week, I don't have a great read on that at the moment. We're all kind of recovering from what has been a very tough and uh, long, but we're going to do a lot of season, but we're going to do a lot of season wrap up content. We're going to be doing, we're cranking up the minor league show again now that the world series is over. So uh, just make sure you get a look at it. And if you subscribe, that'd be awesome. Eric Cole, deputy manager of talkingchop.com and regular contributor to talking chop podcast, which you can find wherever you find your favorite podcast. Joining us here inside the press box, celebrating that Braves World Series victory. Speaking of podcasts, you found this one. Would love it if you would share it with a friend as well. Tell them they can find us wherever they find their favorite podcast, Apple or Google, plus iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever they find their favorite podcast. All they have to do is search for Pressbox Radio 1. That's Pressbox Radio and the number one for the Pressbox podcast. And that's our same handle on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all over the place at Pressbox Radio 1. Again, that's Pressbox Radio and the number one. And to find us anytime, check out the brand new app available in the Apple and Google Play stores. Simply search The Press Box, find us there, and we'll see you next time inside The Press Box.